What's up, guys? Welcome to our show. Today we discuss about creating and measuring quality of your content, how you can get results, traffic, sales, and anything else. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Robert Roslan. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. Sunny day, positive mindset, especially Monday. I love Monday. I remember on school, I hated Monday, but right now I change all my attitudes. And for me, Monday is living day because I can set up the positive mindset that everything is fine so yeah uh, before we start just tell more about your experience background and why you decided to share with us about measuring content quality uh, my background is uh, currently i work at, on channel and content strategies for a gaming pub publisher electronic arts but my background also includes mainly seo and web development in my very early days mm -hmm. but it's been a while yeah Nice. Okay, let's talk about content. Can you tell me, uh, for example, uh, how to measure the quality of content? Because, for example, I don't know, I created content, it's quality or not, it's subjective. Some people can think it's high quality, others can tell, no, it's nonsense, nothing special, just fluff. Can you tell from your experience, how do we know that content is quality and how to create quality content? For me, it really depends on the goal of the content. Like a and what you are trying to achieve with that. And your measurement strategy should kind of reflect that intent behind it. Because you can have several types of content on your website. You can go from you can go from news articles that are that have that are more informational. And mm -hmm. you can go to product detail pages on retailer or e-commerce websites where it's all about conversion where you can mm -hmm. have some content embedded in those pages as well, because you're trying to educate the end user about your product. So I would first think about what's the purpose of that content and yeah. each website can have multiple uh, content types. So you may have multiple goals for each segment and then define goals based on that. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm interested about creating the right strategy. For example, uh, content, uh, we have many different types of content, a lot of them. And uh, as you mentioned, that you need to know the final goal, you know, for example, like SEO traffic that converts or uh, uh, social media traffic, uh, anything. Uh, can you tell how to create the right strategy? Uh, and uh, let me tell you why I'm asking about that, because I often see when webmasters usually uh, pay attention to topics that are overwhelmed and overpriced. For example, if I create content about uh, uh, SEO for beginners, let's imagine this keyword. I think you can find a hundred, even thousand articles about that, uh, a lot of ebooks, many uh, free stuff. So why I need to create uh, the same content? Uh, probably I can create uh, high quality content, but uh, people have such content. Can you tell about creating the right strategy, uh, for example, for new topics or trending topics or where we can pay attention even for evergreen content, uh, don't copy others, replicate competitors just to consider our unique selling proposition? Yeah, it's a good question. Like if you copy someone else, it's hard to overtake them. I've been, I've been quite fortunate over the last five, six, seven years to work for mm -hmm. companies where if we write about something and publish on the website, we get rankings almost Im immediately. So we didn't have to be that creative. 
for us, whether it was a outdoor retailer, MEC I used to work for, or EA, like for us, it's more important, like what our players want, what they are interested mm -hmm. in, and then we can produce content for that mm -hmm. and get their rankings immediately. For smaller websites, it's definitely more challenging. Like uh, your example, the beginners SEO 101, if you have a small website, it's quite hard to get any visibility for that. Usually when I think about creating content, I, I think about what my audience would like to read and what can be successful even on social media because search engines are only one distribution channel and yeah. I'm not a big fan of relying on once creating content for a single channel. It's like, it's good to kind of diversify your uh, traffic sources. So I'd probably look at topics. Hey, is this topic something that would be popular and resonate with our players, even if I post it on our social media? And if so, mm -hmm. does it really cover the topic? Is it deep enough? And if I check all those boxes, then I would think, yeah, let's, let's create it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I have the question about uh, the balance between quantity and quality. Uh, I often get this question, how many articles to write, how many pieces of content to create, but it's hard to create uh, a lot of high quality content. Uh, and it's better to pay attention to quality without uh, paying a lot of attention uh, to quantity, but not always. Let me explain why. For example, uh, we know about Gary Vee and he proclaims that uh, it's better to create quantity, not quality, because when you create a lot of quality, uh, quantity at scale, you can improve quality. It's like training, you know, uh, post as maximum as possible, share where you will you help others and you can improve quality step by step to create uh, much better content every single day because when you have no experience with creating content, how you can create this quality content with consistency, you can do it. Uh, for example, Seth Godin, one of the best marketers usually post on his blog uh, every single day, some articles, because it can help to improve his writing skills to, sh to create content. But for his books, he create the best possible content. Can you tell about uh, finding the balance between quantity and quality for someone who doesn't know how, uh, how many uh, times to post content and how to measure this quality? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting <laughs> dynamic there. and uh it's i'm usually a proponent of uh, quality content but uh my recent background is in large corporations so it's easier to generate something high quality and we usually know what we are going after if you are learning the process and trying to hone your skills it's quite hard to get to quality without getting quantity first and and really trying and usually failing at the beginning before you yeah. understand what resonates with your audience or what's your tone of your writing like are you more about real world examples and going in depth into the detail or are you more high level thought provoking author 
that's something each writer needs to get to at some point and without writing out of content I, I think it's quite hard to get there so if you for someone who's starting probably the quantity is the right way to go but the ones you get to a certain level when you're confident into in your craft and when you're getting at what you're writing about then probably i would start leaning more toward towards quality mm -hmm. yeah uh, you mentioned about failing uh, for me it's hard to count how many times i failed to get results with my content you know but uh failing is the part of the process uh when you can uh, learn from experience what doesn't work for you what kind of content you can create compete with others but you can find your style your type of content that will actually provide results so yeah i agree with that and we have interesting question from obi and he want to know how to generate creative ideas yeah I, I like this question awesome question because uh creative ideas uh it's more important than just creating generic ideas that we can you can find everywhere from your experience how to find creative ideas the question is uh, what exactly a creative idea means uh, mm -hmm. for me when i'm looking for ideas for content I really like to spend some time on the internet and trying to read comments under videos about the topic. Uh, I try to go to Reddit forums, to the social media, when you post something and then you watch the, the comments section about a part particular topic. And very often you can spot and find some hidden gems, some questions that people may, may have that are not answered in the original content, but the people still want answers for. And usually that's my go-to places. You can use some tools that probably help to aggregate those things, but I quite like hands-on approach, re reading those things firsthand and try to extract and get my inner understanding, like, hey, would this resonate with my audience? And if yes, then, and it's not covered anywhere else, or I can do it better, then for me, it's a good uh, content idea. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned a few times about the audience, the target audience. Can you tell how to learn the target audience? Because, uh, for example, it's not about getting traffic or uh, views or engagement. It's more about selling your products. For example, if you just get traffic that doesn't uh, relate to a buying journey, you can't get results. Can you tell how to learn the audience and how to unite with our products? That's more a brand question rather than a content mm -hmm. question because each brand should have a decent understanding who is their targeted customer mm -hmm. and where those people hang out and what like they like to consume so i assume that knowledge is all, already within the company mm -hmm. if not understanding your audience it's really for me about getting where they hang out what what they do what they talk about and if you already have some customers try to ask them try to get some information from them in exchange like send a quick survey in exchange for 
a little discount for the next time to give them incentives to fill it out. Your past customers are a great source of inspiration and knowledge about them. But if you don't have that luxury, then you definitely, you at some point had to define who you think your customer is. And then I would try to follow them, what they do on the internet, when they hang out, what they talk about and form the picture about them that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Okay, let's get back to the main topic. Uh, tell uh, how to measure uh, performance uh, of content. What kind of tools do we need to use and how to understand uh, the data from these tools? Yeah, one thing that uh, probably my uh, pet peeve is very often I am a data-driven uh, person. I like data, but uh, there's a lot of challenges with that because data tell you, uh, tell you what happened. It doesn't really tell you why it happened. And very often finding that why part is quite difficult challenge of it. It's, it's the hard part of it. Like uh, probably everyone who works with web knows that, or there is this conception that the bounce rate is a bad thing. I would argue that not always. Uh, I used mm -hmm. to work for a re uh, outdoor retailer. We used to sell products for uh, outdoors activities, and we also had physical stores. And let's imagine I go to to a trip uh, near a lake, and there is a city that in which we have one of uh, that is one of the stores, and I want to rent a kayak. So I type into Google the name of the store plus kayak uh, on the city, and I land on the page where it's about that particular store. It tells me the store hours. It tells me the location. It, it confirms that I can rent kayak there, and it gives me a price of that rental. So I close the page and leave the web leave the website. I yeah. bounced without clicking on anything else. I bounced, but in eyes of conventional wisdom, it was a bad interaction because that user bounced on the website. But for me as a user, I was happy. I got all my information and I'm yeah. headed to the store to rent a kayak. So like understanding the data and like what happened and what the metric actually means, it's quite essential. Uh, mm -hmm. Another example, there may be a person browsing five minutes on your website. Either one scenario is they're excited to read your content and get an information and they read five articles, great. Or there's another scenario where they're desperately searching to find the right information, the only piece of information I'm interested by they can find it. And they spend 10, 15 minutes on your website and they are desperate. It's same, both scenarios will, will show very long uh, every session duration or session duration in Google Analytics, but there are two different experiences. So just reporting the face value of it, it's, it's great for reporting, but then you really need to double click on each number and question it like why it happens and what it may indicate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it. Yeah, because uh, people often don't understand the metric bounce rate. Uh, yeah, I agree. If you get all information from one page, 
why you need to do anything else. And Google considers bounce rate uh, in uh, two points. For example, if uh, people get back to the search engine, that means, yeah, uh, it's uh, not good, you know, because people are looking more information. But if they get all information and don't provide any actions, that's okay, you know, yeah, you satisfied the intent, you got results. Um, yeah, it's a pity we can't measure dwell time because Google doesn't share this metric. Uh, but you need to understand user intent. So, uh, and uh, uh, I think in GA4, uh, Google Analytics 4, uh, we can analyze uh, another metric. It's like engagement rate, not bounce rate. So you can uh, check out engagement rate and see how people can spend time on your website. For example, if they phone phone number or address or anything else so yeah that's okay you satisfy the intent just move forward and don't care a lot about bounce rate that's why many pages have like 70 80 90 percent of bounce rate but that's okay you know just to go ahead can you tell about seo uh in most cases because you know i see that you have uh, experience in seo field and uh, can you tell about uh, creating content with the SEO goal? Uh, because, uh, of course, we want to get more SEO traffic from Google. Uh, and uh, today, this channel brings more traffic than any other channels. And uh, how to create content for a human considering search engines? Can you tell more about that? It's, uh, that was a, it's a tricky one, to be honest. Mm -hmm. It's a, there are things that, and the way I would answer it, it comes down to the customer journey and what they mm -hmm. want to know and what they are interested in. Like, if they are searching for something, if there is active intent, like if they are ask, asking search engines for information about something and you as a brand can answer it, then I would, it's definitely an option to create content for that. Mm -hmm. If I was a small, smaller company that may not the power of a big website behind it before starting uh, the content creation, I would definitely try to evaluate my chances about mm -hmm. getting on the first page and getting any topics people are interested in but if big players are already there and their content is solid then it's quite hard to overtake them but if you find a topic query uh, that doesn't have quality content and you are able to answer that intent or that question in a better way, provide more in-depth information or things like that, or deliver it in a better format and stuff like that, then it, it may make sense to start creating that content. But I would be quite careful before uh, allocating the resources and time into creating something for what you have almost no chance of getting any significant visibility. So I would probably start looking more into uh, long tail and uh, keywords that are not that popular and occupied by big players. 
and try to find and also try to find a unique angle to it because what it gives you is a potential visibility in search search engines and be a way to promote that content on social media and other channels because your content mm -hmm. will be genuinely interest interesting and unlike any other uh, pieces of content out there mm -hmm. yeah i found on your linkedin profile that you uh like ea sports uh so uh can you tell more about creating content with these topics because uh, i think you know uh, that phd and any degrees can help to create content if you actually don't play these games can you tell more how to create content for uh esports games uh i would say it, it comes down to what our players want and what we can uniquely provide them because there are yeah. a lot of content creators that who can jump into the game and try to do cool stuff, but they don't they are, they don't have that much the level of access and uh, capabilities that we have. So we very often try to ways that only we can provide and then created content if it's if it fits into our strategy and our marketing plans but uh, yeah mm -hmm. it's mainly about what we can bring to the table and because our content creators are very active and there are a lot of content about our games so if we can deliver something extra what they can because they we have access to athletes or the developers mm -hmm. of the game then that's very often the direction we we consider over generic content mm -hmm. and uh do you have networking of these uh content creators uh, because you know uh the reason why i'm asking about that uh, most uh websites clients have uh struggle to create content to find uh good content creators who can help them with that it takes time to research to hire the right people can you tell about uh finding people who can create high quality content for specific project uh, this will be probably a little bit a uh, shameless plug uh ea just launched content creator network which is mm -hmm. a platform our platform where content creators who are interested in creating content about our games can sign up and if we have something that we want to produce and we don't have internal resources or we feel like the community member is better suited for that type of content, then we communicate through the content creator network with them and make those arrangements that someone will create content and that we will promote on our channels. Mm -hmm. uh, can you tell about the main difference between uh, common topics and EA uh, topics. Uh, uh, for example, uh, I, uh, when I promote uh, finance websites or crypto websites, I usually pay attention to EAT, Expertise Authority Trust, because it's important to share with the audience that we uh, they can trust us, uh, we have some authority, uh, and because people uh, don't know uh, many websites that can cheat uh, or uh, 
provide some uh, misleading information. What is the main difference between uh, EA sports and other topics when you uh, get traffic, I mean, like SEO traffic? Yeah, it's a, we are in the news business, kind of. Uh-huh. So the, mm-hmm. the fast of information, like how fast you can get it out. We have a big advantage. We are the source of the news. So unless if we follow the internal processes in the right way, we are the, usually the ones who are breaking the news and being first for a particular topic. So this makes co- easier for us to get visibility in a search engine because other people who create content about the same thing needs to read it on our website first before they can create content or see it in our video or something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah got it can you tell about uh the finding the right uh, finding the right style of content for example we have video content audio content uh text-based content web, web content for example how to find the right style uh, that will uh relate to my uh customer's journey yeah for certain topics i don't think there is a single answer for certain topics, it may be like a couple of formats because some of your audience may prefer a written, written word on your website and mm-hmm. a part of the audience may prefer consume the same content in, a, in video format. So it's, it's quite tricky. Usually written, it's cheaper to produce. So many, many people skew towards that, especially brands, because for videos, you need certain level of quality. I think content creators have little more flexibility into what they put into, into their videos. So we are trying to, or I'm trying to look at what's their, what's the format that's most likely deliver the desired information to the player in the in the best, most effective way. So if someone's looking at and trying to learn which button to press on controller in order to play game, probably a screenshot explaining what each button does is, mm-hmm. is a good is a good way. It's not the best thing for search engines to have a, an image with out of arrows and explaining each uh, each button. But for a player, that's probably the fastest way to understand what each button does in the game. So what we may do, we may publish a big image of the controller with uh, notes uh, besides each button, what it actually does. And underneath the image, we can transcribe that information into written words so search engines can discover that content and provided to to users in uh, search results mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah interesting uh what about uh the style for example i, I see uh for finance websites people uh want to consume stories uh, when uh for example how someone earned money good money uh they are looking for simple ways to earn money and that's okay if you share a story that it takes time to learn uh it's a risky game you can lose as well can you tell about ea games uh what kind of content people want to get stories uh, features uh, simple solutions or anything else uh, 
I don't think this will be the answer will be specific to EA. Mm -hmm. It will be uh, a journal like really what's the right medium, right format for that particular piece of information. Like it can the information travel better uh, uh, written. Some information is uh, better as a story, but some information like which button you should press in a game it's hard to make a story around it. So it's for that kind of content, it's like, it's better to just claim the fact and let the, the player consume it in the quickest possible way. So they are, it depends on the content what you're trying to communicate. I'll, the storytelling, of course, is big, especially in uh, some of our games. Mm -hmm. But uh, for content outside, and that's general for every every industry like not every topic must be a story because not every topic because it doesn't make sense for every single time to have a story around something that it's not really a story it's just how to do certain things like a how to mm -hmm. type of queries that's you don't really want to wrap it into a story if a consumer has a challenge with assembling a furniture or rebooting a phone like a mobile device because there is some bug as a reader i'm not interested in how you ended up like in your day uh, commuting and the bug appeared like i i'm not interested in that part i'm interested in solving my problem so mm -hmm. I, I feel like the story it's a feature of good writing, but not all topics need a story because sometimes you just need to help the user with a problem in a in a facet way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, valuable, interesting about that. Uh, can you tell what marketers not to do, uh, don't need to do today? Uh, uh, because it's obsolete, it doesn't work. Uh, but uh, for example, uh, in SEO field, I often see when the masters are chasing high volume keywords, when uh, Wikipedia ranks, uh, Amazon, many other uh, big authoritative websites, it doesn't mean that we can't outrank them. It's possible, but it's really, really hard. You know, uh, when you need to have a lot of resources uh, and it takes time. And for me, we have a lot of other topics where we actually can get results faster, uh, much better results uh, because uh, high volume keywords don't convert a lot. They usually provide traffic like to create brand awareness. Can you tell uh, from your experience what marketers don't need to do today? Just one thing. I would stop chasing shiny new things. Mm -hmm. It's very often there are no no strategies like i understand it may provide you a competitive edge or something like that but very often the the foundation the basics are more important than the newest uh tweak in google algorithm or i know like five six years ago structured data was at its origin and it was this big shiny thing the structured data is a great thing but it didn't provide almost any boost on in a uh, search results nothing really measurable but many people spent inappropriate time in implementing 
structured data when crawlers had a problem with crawling their website. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so I would first really look into having very sound fundamentals and like the, the basics before mm -hmm. start chasing this new shiny, sexy innovation improvements that can give you some visibility on Twitter for, hey, I've been using this, but that's not really working or delivering results that are comparable to the effort you you put in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it. Uh, okay, uh, can you tell one thing that all marketers need to do today? It's very important, we can't avoid it, and uh, all projects need to consider this one thing. one thing that everyone should do yes <laughs> yeah just i'll <laughs> probably go a slightly different way be a good partner like uh, mm -hmm. have good communication skills and i know it may sound boring and it's probably not the right answer you were looking for but uh i feel like having good communication and really be a good partner in the project with someone else can help and unlock your future project and future improvement because you can burn the bridges and you may not get the cooperation with other department other person other team member the next time so for me it's very important to make sure that there are wins on both sides like the project and the management of the project and the communication is very good because it a leads to a better result but better result of that particular project and b higher chances of repeating that uh, cooperation with someone else mm -hmm. so it's more yeah. about uh, soft skills than hard skills mm -hmm. I, I like your reply because communication is very important even to communicate with customers stakeholders anyone no if you can't send the right message if you can't listen to others how you can go ahead of course it's important to communicate so yeah love this answer yeah like uh, for me more than 50 percent of my time is just communicating with people brainstorming ideas and trying to get things done yeah nice uh okay i have the question about uh for example let's imagine you started today from scratch without any experience knowledge skills what will you do to learn more about uh, digital marketing? Find a project. I would try to find a project. It's either a personal website, growing personal brand, or even go on internships somewhere, get experience, can get my hands dirty and try to learn things by doing. Like, it's great to read a lot of articles on websites like Moz and things like that. But I would personally prefer try to build a website, try to get it ranking for something very easy. Like, it doesn't, you don't have to shoot for the stars from day one, but even just building the website, putting things together, publishing an article, and like going through the process a few times, it's for, for me very valuable experience because then i know what to expect and then i can keep improving on those 
those things. Of course, staying uh, up to date and reading articles is quite and books is quite important to, to gain the knowledge. But uh, having the first hand experience will make it much easier for me. So if I was uh, starting again, I would try to start doing stuff while educating myself from courses or reading, but really building marketing campaigns, websites, trying to rank for a certain keyword, go for internship, go to help your, definitely have someone in your family who has a small business, try to get their website up and running, improve it, help them. Uh, you will improve the family relationship and you will learn something. Mm -hmm. Valuable. Yeah. So valuable. I agree. You know, it's like to read uh, books, how to play soccer without actually playing. You know, you can't yeah. read a hundred books. And if you don't play, you never will be a successful player. You know, it's the same with any niches because practice makes miracle, not learning. You can overlearn, overthink. But if you do nothing, <laughs> you can't go ahead. It's better to find the balance between education and uh, acting, practice. And for me, it's more important to practice than uh, to learn, to read, to listen. That's okay. I love it. I spend time to learn, to search for new ideas. But I practice a lot more than learning. So it's my approach. I love it. Uh, Robin, I have the question about the future. Can you predict the future? What kind of future are you expecting? And what we need to consider today to take this future? That's a heated topic. The future. The future is the metaverse. <laughs> that mm, would yeah. be, no, no, that's, that would be a quite popular take. Now it's, I think in the, in the future, like sound marketing strategy, sound basic, sound understanding of your audience, it will never go away. You still need to know who you are communicating to and mm -hmm. adjust your communication style, mm -hmm. platforms, and your visibility to that. Like TikTok may be booming, but if your audience is not there, then probably is not the right channel for you. Yeah. But if TikTok is your channel, then of course you, sh you should go there, but it really comes down to understanding the basics, having the solid foundations for everyone, understand uh, for everything, understanding the audience and then making decisions based on that. Not because TikTok is booming, I'll start, I'll create a channel and start using it, but is there value for me to go to TikTok? Is my audience, my customers there? If not, probably TikTok is not the right thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, I think it's better to find a channel where you are willing to spend your time. For example, if you like TikTok, why not create content for TikTok? You know, if you like to film short videos, funny videos, why not? You can do it. But uh, I often see when content creators give up because they can't get results. If uh, they hate TikTok, if they dislike this content and want to be there for the sake of because it's booming, it's not a good choice. Of course, it's better to avoid. Find channels, for example, if you like writing, yeah, write content on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, like love filming, 
Instagram Reels, TikTok, YouTube, many different channels. And uh, you can uh, create content covering your buying persona everywhere, even on TikTok, uh, even for B2B, but you need to be yourself and uh, don't care a lot about engagement in the beginning just create content and think how it can cover by journey because uh, on tiktok we have a billion people a lot of them and uh, uh, you don't sell to b2b you sell to people who work in b2b so if you can touch their journey why not you can do it on tiktok as well so uh, but it's for me it's more important to love Uh, social media platform or any other channels uh, and uh, it's like for example if you play ping pong if you uh, i'm not uh, waiting when someone will pay money for my hobby to play ping pong you know yeah i can play basketball and uh, nobody pays me for playing basketball but i can do it a few times a week because it's my hobby it's the same on social media if you love it you uh, just don't wait quick results forget about them pewdiepie couldn't get results after posting uh, 100 videos mr beast couldn't get results for over an year without any results so <laughs> it takes time to be patient with that so yeah I agree with no, you absolutely it's it's very good take like if you don't like it if you are forcing yourself to yeah to do something it's very hard to stick with that on the first when the first issue or challenge appears. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, I remember one study that uh, if I remember correctly, like 50% of uh, podcasters don't uh, record the second episode because they can't get results from the first one. <laughs> oh, <Wow>. no, guys. <laughs> I don't know how to get results from the first episode. If you are Elon Musk, you can. You can. <laughs> possible yeah because you have this audience you know people are willing yeah. to listen to get you everywhere but if you start from scratch just be patient and love what you do because people burn out because of hating the process they want to achieve results but they don't like the methods of achieving these results yeah <laughs> from my perspective robin it's a big yeah. pleasure to get on my show to learn from you tell our audience how they can reach out to you learn more about you follow you well, the best way to reach out to me is through LinkedIn, Robin Ralton. I have quite a unique name, easy to find me. And yeah, that will be the one, the main one. Yeah. Okay, guys, you can find this link to LinkedIn profile in the description below. Uh, listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. A big pleasure. Welcome back anytime. You know, I love all your insights. It's so valuable. Thanks, guys, for listening and watching us.